What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Oh, my God. This is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the two-man power trip podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the prince of pro wrestling, and you are listening to two-man power trip. This is Jimmy Vine, the boogie Wooker man. Tell my people my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well, guys, it's great to be on the show again i appreciate you asking me back so you said you were going to pinch yourself i didn't know it was that kind of show now i mean if you guys are in the privacy of your own home if you want to do these things good how you doing chad hey johnny cool man what's going on we're ready to go or what uh, okay. hey man what's up guys this is homicide oh that's my homie homicide with a big homie club yeah that would be it hey this is david penzer and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid, I, they knew they could kick the out of me. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now... They bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. Bashan going to work on the native of Sicily, Salvatore Balomo. But also in his own right, you've got the Iron Sheik, a former Olympian, and a man who has got that scientific technique down pat. He is really a great one. And former World Wrestling Federation champion, and many say, again, the Sheik will reign as World Wrestling Federation champion. Oh, look at that move. You kick nicely done. A big butcher downstairs. The cover by Malomo. Has he been a cradle too? And yes, he gets it. That shades of Farmer Marlin. And the old mule kick. Executed to perfection by Salvatore Malomo. Oh, Bichon's still trying to figure out what's going on. We get the official time. Big Butcher falling on hard time. Here is the time. Two minutes <laughs> and 41 seconds. And the winner... Salvatore Bellomo. All right. Well, this is the two-man power trip of wrestling brought to you today and powered by the WWE Network. Head on over to wwenetwork.com slash TMPT and start your one-month free trial of the WWE Network, courtesy of your friends of the two-man power trip of wrestling. And don't forget that streaming live on Sunday, April 8th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the WWE Network, WrestleMania is about to get rowdy as WrestleMania 34 features a huge match of Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle taking on Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. It's all going on at the WWE Network, and you can go to wwenetwork.com slash TMPT, and you can decide, are you Team Rousey or Team McMahon, and start your free trial today. 
courtesy of the two-man power trip. But if you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and as always, I'm joined on this show by my partner, the one and only John Paz. And John, today on the show, we are welcoming a guy who spent a lot of time in the WWE back when it was the WWF and was backstage for the very first WrestleMania as a former WWF and ECW superstar the one and only Salvatore Balomo joins the two-man power trip of wrestling this week. And what an unbelievable chat with Salvatore Balomo as we could dial across the world and hit him up over on the old Skype machine and talk to him while he lives over in Belgium. So as I'm down in Virginia and John's up in New Jersey, we can talk to somebody all the way on the other side of the world with the beauty of technology and what brings us all together, the wonderful world of professional wrestling. So what did we talk about with Salvatore Belomo? Because obviously he spent a lot of time in a lot of different territories. He was in the Pacific Northwest, in the Portland Territory. He wrestled in Canada. He wrestled all over the world. But the time he spent in the World Wrestling Federation in the early to mid-80s is what we really tend to focus on in this episode because Salvatore Belomo was a beloved figure to the fans of the WWF at the time, including going on a very long winning streak at one point in his time in the WWF. But also, you could tell Vince McMahon really liked Salvatore Belomo. And the fact that he could reach out to that Italian-speaking audience and to that somewhat of a New York fan base, a New Jersey fan base, a very Italian-heavy population you get somebody like salvatore belomo over very easily and he's a very lovable character especially when you get to talk to him and that's what vince mcmahon did even bringing salvatore on tnt to give him that little bit of spotlight where we could get to know him a little bit more but he wrestled everybody in the wwf whether it was the wild samoans or whether it was taking on morocco or jesse ventura greg the hammer valentine dr d david schultz big john stud king kong bundy harley ray demolition the list goes on and on and on he's somebody who competed against everybody but maybe his most memorable match is against bobby the brain heenan in 1984 i believe november 1984 in a match that would really help bobby heenan as a uh, as a heel bobby heenan makes salvatore Beloma look like one of the greatest baby faces of the night because bobby heenan could sell his ass off and salvatore was there to really throw him from pillar to post and we talk about that in the interview but we talk about so much when it comes to the wwf but i want to welcome john in now and john John, tell us a little bit more about this interview with Salvatore Belomo, and why don't you give us one of your network suggestions this week and what we can look forward to in this episode with the one and only Salvatore Belomo. Yes, Chad, back here again. The two-man power trip is rocking and rolling. And like you mentioned, of course, at wwnetwork.com slash TMPT for your free month of the WWE Network, and of course coming up is a WWE WrestleMania, Reigns versus Lesnar, the return of Daniel Bryan, Triple H and Stephanie versus Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey, and so much more. That is WWEnetwork.com slash TMPT for a free month of the WWE Network. And with the WWE Network comes my WWE Network recommendation. Now you go to the WWE Network, go to the search bar, type in Salvatore Belomo, 
and look up a little thing called TNT Tuesday Night Titans with Vincent Kennedy McMahon himself. And there's a great episode in there where Salvatore Belomo is teaching Vince McMahon all about, yes, Italian cuisine. Also on there, you can check out a match he had in the last match Backlund had for about 10 years in the WWF. And that is, of course, Belomo versus Backlund. Also on there, besides some great WWF matches like Chad mentioned against Bobby the Brain Heenan, there's also a slew of ECW matches as well. So you want to check that out. Go to the network, type in the search bar, Salvatore Belomo, and you will enjoy a lot of riches, a lot of the legendary Salvatore Belomo matches, and some TNT, some Tuesday Night Titans. So please, wbnetwork.com slash TMPT for your free month. Now, Chad, getting into this interview, I will you know get into it quick because it is a good long interview we had with Salvatore Belomo. And the interesting part about this whole interview is, you're right, you're in one state, I'm in another. Salvatore Belomo is in another country. He's out there in Belgium. So it was really cool to be able to kind of pull this off. And obviously the modern technology days are, are, are with us. And we're able to pull a lot of this stuff off due to the great technology that we're afforded to these days. So we're able to talk to somebody in a completely different country all the way out there in Belgium and have great sound quality as well. So that was some pretty cool stuff to be able to pull off. Obviously, you know, we've done some other great interviews in the past from other countries as well but this was a really cool one because this was a guy who had a great run an underrated run on the wwf from 1982 to 1987 he had so many memorable matches i mentioned bob Backlund's last match in the wwf for 10 years an ic title match against morocco a world title match against iron Sheik, one of the very very few world title defenses that Sheik made successfully obviously he would soon lose to hulk hogan about a week or two after he won it, so do you have that? He was almost the IC champ, and we go into a huge story about that, some backstage, behind-the-scenes stuff about how he was slated, according to Andre the Giant, to win the Intercontinental title. And obviously, it eventually ended up going to Tito at this point in time, but at one point, yes, Beloma was going to win the Intercontinental title. We get all into that. We talk about the Piper's Pit where Roddy Piper is so funny, he said, what are you doing here, Belomo? I don't need to order pizza. I didn't order a pizza. So we go into that in detail, and was that fun for Belomo? Was that degrading in any way? Was it funny? What did he think of Piper? What did he think of Hogan? What did he think of Jesse the Body? What did he think of all the legendary great guys that were in the WWF at that point? And, of course, my favorite question, Vince Jr. Sr., what's the difference? Who'd you like working for better? Um, who was better to work for. So we go into that as well. And one just final thing before I send it back to you, Chad, I just want to say, technically speaking, as we talk about in the interview, Salvatore Belomo may in fact be the first ever ECW world champion. So stay tuned for that in the interview. You're going to really enjoy that part of it. There's so many good things in this interview that you're really going to enjoy, especially if you're an old school fan, especially if you love the WWF in the 80s. You're going to love this interview. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a little bit of the wild man himself, Salvatore Belomo. Absolutely. And we want to just go out of our way here to thank Salvatore Belomo for coming on again. And Sal, if you're listening to this over in Belgium, we really appreciate the time. And it was such a joy to get your stories out there and to get you on the airwaves here of the two-man power trip of wrestling. And I just absolutely love talking about that era of the WWF. And Salvatore was right smack in the middle of it for all those years. So Sal, if you are listening, thank you so much for joining us. And maybe one day down the road, you never know, we can 
dig up some more of those stories and you keep on doing what you're doing over in Belgium and training the wrestlers of tomorrow and introducing them to the world of professional wrestling. So as we move forward here, we talk about it on each show. TMPT Con 2 is headed your way on Saturday, May 19th, 2018. It's our kind of memorabilia and autograph signing. We've got so many guests coming on board here. Even since the last show that we had, we've had multiple announcements with the addition of Mr. Hughes and Nikolai Volkov and now Shannon Moore to join Kevin Nash, Eric Bischoff, Mikey Whipwreck now is going to be also on this show. Solo Darling, independent wrestling star. Ronnie Garvin, Henry Godwin. The list goes on and on. And you can join us at TMPT Con 2 by going over to our website, which is tmptofwrestling.com. And you can get the ticket link to purchase your tickets to come to, one, get into the show, but also to pick up those meet-and-greet tickets and enjoy a day filled with professional wrestling memories and some of the greatest stars in the history of the business, all under the TMPT umbrella. Our show, the way we want it to be, happening in Richmond, Virginia. That's during the day, but then at night... We have the TMPT Con 2 nightcap over at the Backyard Grill down there in Richmond, which will feature a very intimate Q&A with Eric Bischoff, who, if you just checked in the news lately, is relaunching his podcast under the uh, Conrad Thompson banner of podcasts called 83 Weeks, where they detail all of the craziness that went on during the Monday Night War. But if you join us at the nightcap, you can ask Eric Bischoff any question you want about that Monday Night War, and it's all going down by, again, heading to our website, tmptofwrestling.com. Hit the ticket link and join us as we have a night with drinks and dinner and Q&As and meet and greets and pictures and everything that you want with Eric Bischoff, including this Q&A, which will be hosted by Jeff Katz of WRVA in Richmond. It's going to be one hell of a night, and we hope you join us at TMPTCon2. The tickets are available now, and there's going to be a ton coming down the pike about TMPT Con 2. So stay tuned. And I guess that's really all I can say here now. So sign up for the WWE Network. Get ready for WrestleMania. And John, I'm going to hand it over to you. Hit us with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business. And let's get it on over to the lovable Salvatore Balomo. Now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at Wrestling Pal. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Also, while on iTunes, check out the feed for prior legendary episodes featuring the living legend Bruno Sammartino, the late great American Dream Dusty Rhodes, the Enforcer Arn Anderson, Ray Mysterio Jr., Glenn Kane Jacobs, the phenomenal AJ Styles, lead WWE attorney Jerry McDivitt, and so many others. Also, while you're on the internet, check out ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. They are your superstore for all your wrestling t-shirt needs. Check out our page. Check out Tito Santana, Coco Beware, Kevin Thorne, Magnum TA, and so many others. Also, while you're on the web, check out our website, TMPTOfWrestling.com. And for all you Android users, please hit us up on Google Play or Player FM. And all you iOS users, please check us out on TuneIn Radio, Automatic, Spotify, and now iHeartRadio. 
Follow along with a two-man power trip as we come to a town near you. Join us in Richmond, Virginia for TMPTCon 2, May 19th at the Holiday Inn with feature guests Kevin Nash, Easy E, Eric Bischoff, Shane Douglas, Mark Canterbury, and so many more. So follow along with the two-man power trip as you never know where we may land. And now, without any further ado, a former two-time NWA Canada Tag Team Champion, a former WXW World and Tag Team Champion, yes, he was a former ECW Original and a former WWF Superstar, he is the wild man, the Italian Stallion, he is Salvatore Belomo. Please enjoy. Second stanza. Cella luna, mezzo mare, mamma mia, mamma di dare. mia, cosa dare, mamma mia, pensaci a tu. Sette peglia lo volo, zia, isso va, isso vena, sembra scoppetta maratena. La fantasia di scuppettia vecchiuzza mia La 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 di la pesce fritta e baccalà and joining us on the line today on the international line of the two-man power trip of wrestling is a former wwf superstar a former two-time nwa canadian tag team champion he was also in the original incarnation of ecw he is the one and only salvatore belomo thank you so much for joining the two-man power trip uh, nice to <laughs> very good introduction very nice very nice Yes, I'm very happy to be there with you guys, and I am the other side of the world, but uh, it's very nice. Uh, uh, it makes me remember all those days. Yeah, that was beautiful. Uh, we're going to get into it throughout this interview. We're so pumped to have you on the show. And of course, like I just said right before we started, we're crossing the international boundaries here. This is the beauty of technology. It's being able to connect everybody around the world, but also connect you back with the wrestling fans, especially in the United States, where you had a nice little run there in the WWF, and we're going to talk all about it today. But Salvatore, we got to ask you, how are things in Belgium these days? Well, uh, good. I came back to my own. No, I was raised in Belgium, you know, and uh, I came back here because of you know wrestling is just a time of your life, you know, and then you have to look for a job, you know, or and. Uh, and very good. Then I opened a little school here. I got some uh, students, a little federation, you know. And uh, the beauty is uh, I'm teaching. I'm not really I'm practicing no more, but I'm teaching some young guys. We have a, uh, we started in 2006. And uh, since then, we, we do some travel to go send to France or go to England or come to the state they came. And uh, I got to say, wrestling is my life. And uh, I'm still doing this like a, a first day, but... Uh, 
age is there, but the wrestling is still there. Now this is fantastic to have some people that want you to be teaching uh, wrestling. You know, just uh, I work as a security guard in a commission European before. Now I'm retired. I'm battled with a cancer, but I'm okay. <laughs> That's uh, well. That's great to hear that you battled cancer and you're doing great. That's uh, I'm gonna clap right there. That's fantastic to mm -hmm. hear. But also, you know, I don't think no, many people in the United States know much about the scene in Belgium when it comes to wrestling. So, kind of educate us if you can about what's the uh, what's what are the trainees like? What's the scene? What kind of wrestling do they follow in Belgium? Is it more WWE based or are they more open to the international? Uh, well, well, I will say uh, you know WWE really blow blow the world. Right? You know, I gotta say Belgium when I left. There was no wrestling like today in television, you know. And then the WWE is all over television here. And all the young people six years ago uh, were enthusiastic. Everybody think they can go in the state. They work for WWE like, like this, you know. And and uh, uh, But they, they have some good talent, you know. And, but uh, the mentality is different. You know, in America, all the schools, they got sport. And, and over here, they don't have that facility, you know. Then I will I will say that the European guy uh, uh, like to learn different way uh, wrestling is not the same way. I remember in the state, people come from California to come to a half hour center to train, find a job and train two times a week. You know, and the European wrestler uh, they're not not that way I think. But but they have some talent and I'm very happy to see some. It's interesting, you know. But WWE really. Uh, push all the young people in, in Europe to be a wrestler, yes. WWE did that. Oh, my gosh. I mean, WWE, when you were there in the WWF, they were just starting to really go global, yeah. and that was obviously Vince's goal was to go global, but now compared to what it was in 1984, 1985, it's insane, the, the range that WWE covers, but obviously this was what Vince McMahon's plan was all the way back when, when he purchased the company from his dad. Yeah, yeah that was his idea, you know, just the... He, he, when he opened up, when he bought it, I remember we were there, you know, we would joke around and say, well, now you're the boss, no more the announcer. He always joke around with that. But uh, I got to say, to me, he, he's the greatest. He, he can do what he wants. Huh? Excuse me, but a lot of people say, oh, Vince, well, he didn't call me. I'm no man of him. You know, he got lots of talent, you know, but uh, uh, I was part of the beginning of that. You know, I, I have the chance to be one of the wrestlers, wrestle all the, the star, you know, Terry Fung, Arlie Race, uh, Mancho Man, all those names. They were okay, below, but we need to. And I, I enjoy every minute of it, you know. But the, the WWE is a is a place to be, eh? But it's not like it used to be, you know. Uh, to get WWE the whole day, you're a good wrestler, you go in the ring. Now you have to know to talk on TV, you don't have to do... It's a different, you know, different style of wrestling also. You know, Mexico... Uh, Mexican wrestler in 1975 when I was there was the same kind of wrestling but they were not popular you know then when they bring a couple of Mexican in, in New York you know oh, Lucha Libra you know and uh, like you say uh, uh, technology with a computer and the wrestling have to go forward too with different things you know absolutely yeah and you know and I think Vince was he definitely took a liking to you you could tell by having you on TNT and giving you that kind of platform to, to get let us get to know you more than just a guy who was in the ring waiting for you know, whoever the superstar he was looking to push. We got to know who you were by the interviews that you had on TV, whatever. But did you have a good bond with Vince at that point? Were you guys, was he somebody, or were you somebody that he really could trust to be in the ring with those top stars to make them look good? 
Well, I, I can tell you a real story because all, all my, my stories are real. And then, uh, I do remember one day, uh, if you see the poster, Marifak is out there somewhere in the internet, when Hulk Hogan wrestled the Sheik uh, for the belt. That night I wrestled Paul Hondorf and Vince came to the dressing room and said, Sal, I need Paul Hondorf bigger and stronger than you can have him. You know, and that was my job, you know, because one guy radio asked me one day, what do you think about you push you, then he asked you to do the job. It was my job. You know, he pushed me, he gave me some good time. I can say that now. I heard Andre used to tell me, say, they will give you the, the antenna continental belt. Never happened, but that was the plan in the beginning, apparently. But everything changed, you know. And uh, uh, But I was happy uh, to do what I was doing. Like I say, I wrestled all the main stars and, and then it was... No complain about it, you know. Just, to, uh, but I, I feel I'm a part of the, the beginning of that, you know. I just I was there to, uh, to, to help and didn't say, hey, kid, you need this guy. We're gonna push this guy, and but I did it with my joy, you know. That was my my power, you know. You lose or win doesn't matter. I was in the ring doing match. That was my my goal still today. That's what I teach my kid. I say, go in the ring, not for the money, not for the glory. Go because you like wrestling. And that's what I did all my life with wrestling. But it's funny because it followed the, the, the makeup of what Vince had going at the time because you obviously you broke in in Canada, you, you battled all throughout the Pacific Northwest, and, and you made your way across the country into New York. And, and with Vince at the time, he was grabbing people from the territories and taking the best that they had to offer and giving them spots inside of his organization. So with you being somebody who could work with whoever he wanted to put you with, that obviously made him feel confident. But did you feel confident in that role that he had you in there as almost the table setter to help his guys get over? Oh, yeah. I, I didn't, didn't mind at all. I mean, I, w I will say, well, put this way. The first time to start, you remember, he's a fun, to me, he's one of the fantastic matches. To me, he's a Bobby Inning and Paul Andov. For me, they were the two matches uh, you know, uh, many of them, but do too much. Bobby Inning, Vince came to me and said, Listen, Sally, say, Well, uh, wrestle Bobby Inning, say, We're going to do a job. Oh. So, well, why? You know, at that day, I had that question because he was a manager. And Vince said to me, Say, Bobby Inning is a good wrestler and you can make him look very good. And I want you to be there. I went in that ring if you look the match, it's one of the best matches of my life because that's, that's what he told me. That's your job, you know. And, and I accept my job, you know. He pushed me before, now I need to push somebody else. But I think many people, you know, didn't understand that in the business, I think. I think you have to know when your spot is there and, and enjoy. But the main thing is that you enjoy wrestling, you know. And, and when, when Vince tells you to do something, you do it. <laughs> He's the boss, no? <laughs> but, uh, you know, so many people get the glory in their head, you know. They, they push me, I was happy, making good money, and they promised me the thing that didn't happen. Well, I didn't get mad of it. You know, that's, this was my, my, my goal, you know, my goal to say, uh, you know, I really, I am, in, see, I was starving in Hawaii, you know, and I'm ready to quit wrestling. It's a funny story, you know, I didn't, and I got the chance from Hawaii to go to Korea to get money enough to go home. And I asked Peter Mavia, God bless his soul, this booked me in the garden because that was my, my, my goal. So I want to go home, quit wrestling. And uh, ask if you can go there for one one show in the garden. That's all I want. In, that was in my life, you know. And uh, they, we sent a letter with our pictures. And that time, Bruno and his son just pulled out. I don't know if you know the story those days, you know. He, then Bruno and his son supposed to come back to WWE F. And somehow Vince and Bruno get in a fight. 
and then he's the Italian guy. You know what I felt in my life? Be in the right place at the right time. That's what happened to me. You got more better wrestlers than me, but I guess uh, speaking broken English, uh, come from the country, and uh, probably they saw what I did in Portland and in, in, uh, in, in Vancouver, you know. And that's what that's what I start. And I was really quit. <laughs> and my dream was to be in the garden one time. You know what? If you look at the internet, I went 26 times in three years' time. There's not too many guys can say that. <laughs> you know? No, so say not at all. No, that's my life. You know, it just it was a, uh, interesting to, to see what I saw, the, the time I was there, you know, the, the big change happened, you know, snooker, the big the big start of the moment, you know, uh, Bob Backlund. And, uh, you know, to me, was a young Italian guy come from Belgium, from nowhere, get the chance to go to Oregon and Portland and uh, Vancouver, and uh, go to his dream, you know. Then when I was in Hawaii, Los Angeles, it was not money there. We starved there, but it, but it was a. But I enjoy wrestling, you know. Well, pay the bill to eat, pay the bill for this transportation. But then, like I say, uh, I'm ready to quit everything, and we send the pictures. And I, I still have the, the, the telegram, you know. Are we, you know, I was thinking it was a joke. Are you interested to come to work to New York? You know, who could receive a telegram like that? You know, especially me. You know, I think uh, that, like I say, be the right time, the right place, and. Uh, and the rest was the fan, you know. I gotta say, the fan, the world were behind me, also, you know. And I, I want to get back to the Bobby Heenan match because I have one question about that. But you mentioned that that Polynesian territory in Hawaii, which we hear intermittently about. We don't really hear too much about it. We've heard more, I think, about after Peter Maivia passed away than we do when he was actually living because not a lot of people that are still around wrestled in that Polynesian territory. But kind of tell us about that because I believe you had a pretty good run there in that Polynesian territory, except I think the problem was is that the pay might not have been as good as it could have been. I don't know if that happened still with Peter, if it did when mm -hmm. his wife took over, but tell us more about the Polynesian territory if you can. Well, well then, I'm, then I'm, like I say, Vancouver, Portland, Portland, Los Angeles, you know? Then I'm going to Los Angeles. They have make a plan to get me a tag team partner with uh, uh, another guy, Don Belomo, but he, he play Indian after I forget his name anyway. And but at the time there, I got the chance to do a movie in France, and I report three weeks later because I did the movie. Then I went to the Los Angeles. Then start in Los Angeles, and Peter Maria arrived. And then we spent like a, almost a year together. You know, we used to go. From Los Angeles to San Francisco, all the territory, you know. But there was not too much work in 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 California. You know, we work uh, Thursday, Friday, and 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 Saturday. You know, sometimes and sometimes only Friday and Saturday. Then the the, the 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 money was not really there. And and Peter came and he said, "Well, I need somebody up in Hawaii. Are you interesting? You know." In the beginning, I said, "Okay, here we go." And then Peter paid the best he can at the time. You know. It was under seventy-five dollars a week, maybe. <laughs> then you end up to thirty-five dollars a week. But I wanted to kind of see how many matches you won in a row and how long the streak was. And you, for the WWF, went on a very, very long winning streak for them. At that point, were you, you know, were you happy with your status? You, you're getting the push. You're, you're in the, you know, you wrestling MSG. You're in the big, the big time, if you will, yeah. getting a big push. Oh, that was I was on heaven, you know. For me, it was a dream come through. You understand? I, you know, when they give me all that strength, because like I told you, they, they Andre told me if he came and says they will give you, they will. I I supposed to have the the the, the intercontinental champion. That's what they, they mentioned that to me. You know, Andre came to me and said, 
but it didn't happen. I don't know. I didn't ask questions because I was probably today I will ask the question. But those days, you know, you make three thousand dollars a week, you don't ask nothing. You know, especially when you make thirty-five two months before. You know, <laughs> it was. Uh, I didn't understand the business. Go say, hey, Vince, what happened? I heard, but you know, but I was happy and. Gotta say, you have a regret. Well, I'll be happy to have the, the championship, but it didn't happen. It's okay too. I, I still have a good life and a good run. I felt very happy in WWE with run I have for my for my my, my size or wrestle. You know, I come come from nowhere there. I can say, you know, because a lot of people that came, they only stay uh, three months and get out of there. You know, I was from '82 to '86, four years straight, you know, almost. And it was yeah. the problem was in the end. I gotta say because if you ask me, Vince, uh, one Booker I can even mention now. I don't care his name was George Scott. When George Scott came, that was the end of my my career, can because he started to bring his friends, you know. And then they say, "Oh, you here long time, Sal. You here long time, you know." But now they keep him for twenty years anyway. <laughs> but you know, but then the Vince said to him, "I say, hey, Sal is a part of this, you know. Give him some work." And then, and then they give me work. He give me less work every time, you know. You know what you say? Don't call me. I call you. I'm still waiting. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> it at all. You know, but I gotta say, I, I left in a way, in a good way, but just because George bring his friends and uh, and then Vince the third time he says, Sal, you have to arrange yourself with them. You know, Vince was only for the big ma- matches, eh? WrestleMania or that. You know? and, but I gotta say, three times he told George Scott, he says, Sal is a part. You have to have him in. And then uh, and George, you know, in the long run, he just uh, Give me no work no more, you know. Then it was hard to me to, to, to keep going. Then I did independent. Independent was, you know, dependent only a time, eh? for, for six months a year. After that, uh, it taken different, you know. But I say again, I have no regret anything in my life. Nothing, the good, the bad, what happened there, you know. Uh, sometimes I say, hey, I wish, I wish, okay, wish for the thing, but <laughs> it's the only thing that happened, eh? I was there is the main thing to me, you know. To me, to be there, you know, was the biggest dream of my life. Bring my family and, uh, you know, and, and create a family from America. And you know, my boy, they're American. My wife is American. We live in Belgium, but, you know, I'm happy. And if you think about that run, which is basically four or five years from about 82 to 87, a lot longer than a ton, ton of other guys that have worked for the WWF. But a guy that sticks out to me that you had a brief encounter with was somebody you met back in Oregon, back in the Pacific Northwest, Roddy Piper. And you guys had a great moment on Piper's pit. He, you know, basically, you know, you come in and he says to you, I didn't order pizza. What are you doing yeah. here? What were your thoughts on uh, Roddy Piper? And what were your thoughts on that whole Piper's pit? Cause that's something that's very, very memorable. Well, uh, you know, Piper, I knew Piper from Oregon. You know, we were in Oregon together. You know, a lot of people don't know that. But when I was in Oregon, he was there. I knew Piper, his style and everything, you know. Uh, uh, but when we did the big interview in the Midland, there was, i never forget, they called me up. He said, Vince, I want to, want to talk to you, you know. And then, and I would say, Vince is a big, you know, I would never speak like this 10, 20 years ago. But now I know wrestling is, the people know what wrestling is, you know. And he, he called me up in the office and said, so, and Piper is there in the, in the office. He said, say, listen, I want to do it. And I see Piper say, oh, you got to use Sal. I say, yeah. All right. So you, you go there. And he, he tell me what to do. You know, he told me, you go there and everything, you know. But at the moment, you know, to me, it was kind of 
something comes to nowhere and I wanna I wanted to perform that, you know. I think it came up okay. You know, like the people that they was hoping to put me with with uh, JYD on tag team after that, but it didn't happen because the, the reaction of the crowd was good. But it was a good moment in my life. As a matter of fact, uh, it, it's good because it's on tape. <laughs> but it was uh, good. I don't say uh, when they asked me to do that, I feel honored. You know, just to, don't forget that they were everything was moving. You know, on a, on a big direction those days. Eh? A lot of change. Yeah. A ton, a ton of change. Do you remember that specific Piper's Pit, though, with Piper and, and kind of making a joke about, you know, the Italian heritage and pizza and stuff? Do you remember that specifically? That oh, yeah, moment? yeah. But at the moment, to be honest, too, when he said you only ordered a pizza, he never told me he would say that. But I was, <laughs> I didn't get it, you know, I'll be honest, too. I didn't get the English like today. But when he said that, I should really, my reaction should be, oh, you know, when I'm looking at the video, I say, well, I, I react the best I could at the moment. I was kind of nervous, you know, because they started to push me around and everything, you know. And I, and I, I didn't want to mess up what Vince asked me to do, you know. This was a, a thing. Uh, but uh, uh, <laughs> there was a moment, I got to say, when I watch it, I say, wow, you know, I, I would maybe react different now because I know the business is different. But I think that's what it is, you know. It was a, But it was a good moment in my life, yeah, I got to say. Uh, that, uh, and like I say, Piper was unpredictable. He never knew what he was going to do, eh? I got to say that. See, with Piper, it was no scripting, you know. Those days, you go talk and interview with him, and you don't know what you're going to come up with, you know. He would call you WAP, or he would call you Italian, or my friend, you don't know when he interview you, you know. He was one of the greatest for that. We got to not take that away from the man, huh? Interview was it. Are you more for the scripting of the promos and the talking, or are you more for kind of being off the cuff like Roddy Piper was and kind of just shooting at the hip? I will say wrestling and interview to me today, they're not like used to be and that's the way it is because now it's like movies, you know, you, you have a script, you have to read it, you have to say it, you have to do it, you know. I think the old day, it was, you know, you go in the ring with this guy, you know, he go over or you go over and the rest was the crowd, you know. That's what missing today in wrestling, I feel. The, the, the wrestler go there and do those moves, but they don't get the crowd with them sometimes, you know. The good part in America is when you have 20,000 people, you get the, the crowd go behind, but because it's, it's so many people. But when you have a, a house with 300, 400 people, you need that crowd behind, you know. And, and, and when you script a match, I don't think uh, it's missing that. To me, it's missing that, that, that touch with the crowd. Like, you know, you get there, like I was in Hawaii, you know, we'll get in the ring, soon I'll get in the ring, and the Hawaiian guy came to wrestle me, the people were to do, boo, you're a bad guy, you know, okay, oh, I'm not a bad guy today, oh, boom, boom, boom. you know, you go to some places, you have to be a good guy, you know, and those days was different, today, you establish a wrestler, as a baby face, baby face, but now, oh, they are in Oregon, I was baby face, some states, and, uh, and in, in Washington State, I was a baby face. When I used to go to Oregon, I was a heel, you know. But I enjoyed that, you know. That's what I think, what made me enjoy wrestling, you know. I remember a promoter said to me, uh, to a guy, actually, we were uh, in France. And the guy said, hey, last week, uh, last two months ago, I was a baby face here. You know, you put me a heel. He said, you're a good wrestler, you do what I ask you. <laughs> and I think that's in my mind, you know. But the old thing... Again, I repeat, I love and enjoy what it was in the ring, you know. I didn't care about the rest. I wanted to be in the ring and do those moves, you know, and I miss 
I am 66 years old, and sometimes I'm ready to go in the ring, you know. Matter of fact, I did a match last year anyway. <laughs> oh, wow. It was, it was, it's on YouTube too, you know, you can watch it. But it was just uh, to, to be in the ring, you know. I wrestled Dave Taylor. I don't know if you know Dave Taylor. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and uh, I said to Dave, I said, Tiki Lee, you know, we're going to ring. We hooked up. I said, give me a hand drag. You know, blah, blah, blah. He said, you're nuts. <laughs> but I cannot do that like before, you know. But uh, he's, uh, he's, he's uh, something. And like I say, I'm battling for cancer, but that saved my life because the young guys I have here, we do little shows, you know, and I'm involved with them to promote and, you know. And then sometimes I tell them, I say, guys, don't be late tomorrow for the show. It's not because I like you, it's because I need you, you know, and I told them that. And now because I'm sick, they call me up. Since Belombo, you have to get better. Why? Well, we don't like you, but we need you, okay? <laughs> you know, and I say wrestling is my life, you know. If you, doesn't matter what happened, good, bad. You know, sometimes you say, ah, I should be the champion or I should be this. No, I am here, I'm happy, I'm healthy, you know, and fight for my life and... Uh, and thanks America, what to give me that chance to be see? I see 39 states in America. I went on 39 states altogether. Imagine that. My so wife is American. She didn't see that many. <laughs> <laughs> I wrestle everywhere, you know, in the state. I gotta say that I have that chance. You know, the WWE really fly you everywhere. One time, you know, California, uh, Utah, and all those places. That's what I want to say about wrestling. If you think about your run, in especially specifically WWF, not a lot of guys can say, first of all, they had that long of a run. But second of all, to have like high watermarks, like you had a uh, WWF world title match against Iron Sheik, one of the very few defenses of Iron Sheik, and also Bob Backlund's last match in the WWF for about 10 years. So your name kind of will pop up in a lot of different trivia things. You look back. And look at the Iron Sheik match for the world title and say, wow, you know, I got a title match against Iron Sheik. And, and I had Backlund's last match for a long time. Are those things that really stick with you? Because those are some pretty good high water marks. Oh, yeah. To me, I felt honored because Backlund said, interesting, go, if I have a match tonight, only with Belong and nobody else, he said. That's <laughs> what they told me. But that because Backlund was upset about the, what happened, you know, that was just after he lost the belt with Ogan, if you know that. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. And we're in a straight room and, uh, and uh, he didn't want to wrestle nobody else. He said, if I wrestle a guy tonight, he's our wrestle Lobo. That's what the, 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 he came up with. I, I mean, to me, it was a big honor. I, I said, wow, you know, Batman, because he was on his way out, probably, you know. And, uh, yeah. It's, uh, and uh, the Iron Chick, you talk about probably in Vancouver, right? For the championship match. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, that was where, you know, uh, but that was. Like I said, the moment that my place uh, be the right place at the right time in, in your life, I think this is what happened to me a few times, you know. You know and and uh, let's not forget an uh, intercontinental championship match against Don Morocco as well. That you, you know, according to Andre the Giant, maybe you were supposed to win the IC title. Well, I just what I say, what I said, I don't know what happened there, you know. Just uh, uh, Don Morocco was the champion, but I, I, I think I don't know what I see. The fact that I was coming from Hawaii the time, and Don Morocco come in Hawaii. Vince probably planned that because he said they were in Hawaii working together, but I didn't work that much with Don, but uh, we were our friend. We were a friend there. But, uh, I don't know what happened there, you know, but something make change everything. And they bring Tito, you know, and uh, Tito, they give the belt to Tito. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I will say, what happened, happened. And you know what, what I don't, I'm not upset about it. You know, I'm, I'm not, uh, this is what happened. 
you know, but uh, uh, good luck. Uh, but I was there, like I say, I just don't know. I have that chance. Uh, uh, I don't say my life, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's another. I'm, I'm speechless. Let's put it that way. I don't know what else hmm. to tell you. And look who else you wrestled. Literally, who's who? Jesse the Body Ventura, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Dr. D. David Schultz, Big John Studd, King Kong Bundy, the big heels of the day, like the, the real big, yeah. huge names that made such a big impression. That really stick out with you as well? Some of those guys and some of those names looking back, like, wow, I wrestled these huge, high-profile guys in these big matches. Well, I'll be honest with you. I even tried myself to see the... the to find all the name really because yeah I, I feel very inside me I said wow what is it you know when you bring a big star in the territory and then use you to to make the girl make the guy look good I feel honor about it you know like I said when Vince told me I want that guy there because I know you could do the job you know Vince after Bobby Heenan came to the dressing room and said thanks out you did what I need you know I gotta say that Vince I have no uh, Vince is, is a man who he, he worked so hard and, and he got his mind everywhere. But I, I gotta say, uh, to me, he backed me up many times. But, uh, uh, but, uh, but like I say, Ali Rays, you know, when I was a young kid, I know about Ali Rays, then I wrestled uh, Terry Funk and, you know, Valentine, all those names, like you just mentioned. That was a, uh, yeah, I was. Uh, sometimes I was there, when a new guy come, I say, well, that's gotta be for me. And Mancho Man, I have him for six months almost with him, you know. <laughs> wrestle every night, you know, because it was different then. We wrestle everywhere in a small town. And uh, yeah, I feel honored about that. And I, I, I mark my life to say, well, you know, like somebody, somebody sent me a message, said, Salvatore, do you would like to be Hall of Fame? I said, no. I said, what do you mean, no? Well, yes, I would like, but I'm not have the choice to do it, you know. But I think if you ask me the question, I think I'm a part of that, you know. If Mr. Donald Trump is an Hall of Fame, you don't think I deserve it? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, you know, you know, uh, but uh, that's not my choice, you know. But I feel I was a structure in the beginning of the the day. There, they need a guy like me to do what I did. You know, some of the guys they left, they didn't stay. I didn't, didn't, they couldn't want to do the jobs or they say, "Well, they pushed me last week." They didn't understand. That's that's where the way you go, you know. But to me, I have a, you know, I can tell you a little story because we're on radio. Do you know I'm a wrestler and get fired because I lose every night? You believe that? The promoter asked me to lose every night. Then he fired me because I lost every night. <laughs> <laughs> and it was all that's the truth. I was in Germany. I mean, I worked for one promotion in Germany, you know, and then the other promotion called me up. But the promotion I was working all the time, I was number three, you know, I was always on the final, you know, I was a taking champion everything, you know, all day. Now I talk about the 1970s, you know. And then this promoter called me up and he gave me $200 a night to wrestle, you know. So great. He said, I need you for 10 days. The first night for 10 days, he pinned me. One, pom, pom, pom. He go, he called me in the office. He said, do you want to stay a little bit longer? I said, okay. And then again, then he pinned me sometime in the tag team twice. But I never complained because I told you, my life was wrestling, you know. I don't care, but I was making money, you know. And then... The tournament was 23 days because in Germany we wrestle every night in the same place, you know. And uh, he called me three days before. He said, I would like to keep you, but I can't. I said, why? He said, because you lost every night. You have no points. I said, well, okay. I said, you know what, Mr. Promoter? I said, you lost and I win. I said, why? Because I win 10 days extra work 
And you want me the first couple of days to be pissed off when you pin me every day. But you know what? I love wrestling. I win or I lose, I don't care, but I make my money. But I never worked for the guy after that. He never called me up after that. But he fired <laughs> me because he, he told me, fired me because I lost every night. He asked me to lose every night. So. And it's an answer too. When you tell the story to wrestling, you say, what? He fired you? Yeah. yeah. So I cannot keep you longer because you lose every night. But I got him because he gave me 10 days work more, in a sense, no? Oh, yeah. See, and that, that's funny, though. He didn't uh, proper plan his booking where you yeah. should have had some wins that you would have been able to stay in the tournament. Yeah, but, but the thing was, he, he, I knew because I knew the guy, I, you know, after they explained it, what kind of promoter he was. He wanted me to go there and pin, pin me and say, hey, fuck, man, excuse me, the expression. He said, hey, I don't want to be like that. I, the other side, I'm a number one and number two, you know. The other side, I was a, a big star. And he didn't want me to be star because I, it wasn't always group, you know. But the, a lot of people, when they do that, three days later, they leave because they make him lose every night there. But I, I didn't care. I said, no, I want more work. You want me to lose? Okay, I'll lose. But uh, in a sense, I, I screw his plan. He wants me to go there. I look bad. Hey, look, you don't want to lose. You uh, think what it is, you know. In those days, it was a little bit like that too, you know. Some some places they want to see your attitude, you know. You know what storyline like today, you know. You go you go to a, a show, uh, you wrestle, you don't know who, and it was not. Uh, today, I think too many storyline. Uh, you you can tell me a big play, uh, favor. What is the WrestleMania main event this year? I don't even know which one it is. It will be many. Brock. It's so many matches and so many forgettable things, but it's going to be Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Are you familiar with those guys? Yeah, yeah. I, I know the poor, the, the kid that we seek out, the son. I knew the kid when he was a yes. boy. All the someone oh, yeah. I know them. You know, while I was in Hawaii, The Rock was 10 years old. Eh? I was living with him. <laughs> the rock the rock used to say Sal, let's go sleep because when the grandpa fall asleep and he snore I'll tell you what Peter maybe I was the biggest snore I've ever had in my life <laughs> oh my gosh he goes, oh, la, la, la. the rock is saying let's go to bed because when he you know, fall asleep we used to look at each other in the middle of the night and couldn't wake him up but you say, are you uh, are you surprised you, that that kid uh, that you know is complaining about his grandpa snoring are you surprised that not only may he be the biggest wrestling star of all time, he may be one of the biggest Hollywood actor stars, you know, one of the yeah. biggest movie stars of all time? Well, I say good luck to him. And I would say, I mean, enough to the good luck, you got it. But I'm saying the kid is a good kid. Eh? He was young. He was, don't forget, he was staying away because uh, 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 the, the moment the Atta and, and the husband probably travel around, you know, and, and he was there in Hawaii those days. But he was a, yeah, he was a little kid, you know, like a, a young kid, you know, those days, 10, 12 years old, I think he was. But, uh, wow, fantastic what he did. But, you know, he did himself, huh, sir. You know, they push him, okay, but he did the rest, huh. You know, uh, WB push him, make a name of him, and, and then the rest, he, uh, I say, for all the, uh, all the wrestlers, the best actor of all of them, and Piper, Ogan, and all those guys, he's the one. You know? Huge, huge, uh, huge, huge Piper, megastar. Piper, yeah, Piper was an uh, actor too, but not that caliber, you know? Right. Ogan, the same exactly. thing. Uh, 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 Ogan, same thing, same kind of style of movie, you know? But this kid, he make anything, he look good on it, you know? And he's got that personality, you know? You cannot take that away from the person, you know? Good people, I gotta say. Last year I met, I went to see his mom there in uh, Florida. Nice, 
See, if you remember, I take care of our dad, you know, when I was in Hawaii, you know, just me and Peter were very, very close. Very good. Shame that what happened there. You know, the man was uh, go to the operation. They say the operation would last about five, six hours. You know, the two hours later, they came back. He said, we could do nothing about it. You know, it was fighting, you know, and for months, you didn't want to go see the doctors. But that's life, you know. Like mm. I say, Hawaii, then uh, you see, Hawaii was. Uh, I want to see, you know, for a guy from Europe to go live in Hawaii, you know, there almost a year and a half, you know, it was like a dream, and even though making money, you know, it was, I gotta say, is this the place where I make the less money in wrestling? You know, it was $35 a week. That's all they give us. Just then. Oh, wow. You know? But the thing was, I got a good family, you know, when I was making money sent to my family, when I need to send it to me, you know, then. Because I want to, I didn't want to stay in Hawaii two months, man. I want to, I want to live in Hawaii. And I gotta say, I have a good time there, man. Wow. I don't want to get into details, you know. <laughs> Hawaii was, uh, say, a dream for a, a guy where we see on, you know, Hawaii all five, you know, shows and this island, you know, and then you see the Tonga and Fiji. I have a bit period to travel everywhere, you know. And then I'm gonna say after that, uh, just. Then we'll go to Korea, get to Korea, boom, go to, to America, you know. And then the, you know, the rest is history. And, you know, you mentioned uh, a little bit back, you mentioned WrestleMania. And I'm thinking, you know, you're talking about WrestleMania 34, but I'm thinking when Vince first started WrestleMania, now we're at 34, were you thinking he was crazy at that point? Because you were there during the whole rock and wrestling during the WrestleMania era when Vince first started out I in was, 1985. I was the first WrestleMania. I was in, 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 in uh, Manchester Square Garden. I was there. I was inside the dressing room, I'm standby, you know. And uh, no, I think uh, uh, crazy in a sense because it costs so much money to start all that, you know. And if you give a story, I think Madison Square Garden was thinking the WrestleMania would be only in Madison Square Garden, if you know that, right, in the beginning. And then he went to know that WrestleMania is mine, man. I can go everywhere I want with that, you know. And, but it was the idea of work, huh? See, some people say, oh, what do you think of wrestling now? It's not like it used to be, but. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I make $100,000 in 1983, right? But now they're making a million dollars, right? Then there's something good there, right? <laughs> for for the wrestlers, you know? It's in industry now, you know, with teachers, pictures, you know? It, I went to sign autograph last year in uh, Allentown, you know? And the guy yes. came with a piece of paper. He gave a piece of paper where I signed him. Then in 1983, I said, now you cannot even do that. They don't want you to send that piece of paper. You have to sign the pictures. They obligate you to sign the pictures. If you don't buy a picture, you don't sign. But those days, people used to come with a little scrap in paper, you know, and you sign them. And the guy who came with the frame, look, Mr. Palomo, you give me this in 1983. Wow, I say. <laughs> but today's different. You know, today the, the wrestling is uh, uh, money, huh? They're making money, huh? But oh, what yeah. do you think? What do you think? They think it's better or what do you think? You know what? I really don't. I like. I'm an old school guy myself. I love your era. That was like probably one of my favorite eras. I'm just in more of an old school guy. Um, I liked the more the off the cuff, not scripted stuff. I, it's a little too much scripted. A little too much writers not letting the guy be a personality himself. Exactly. You know, like the Hogans and the Pipers. I mean, imagine if they were scripted, you wouldn't get the Hogans and the Pipers. Yeah, yeah. But it's crazy. Uh, but I think, you know, all that happened, you know, remember, they have a big fight when Vince went to say to wrestling as well, all prepare, right? That was yep. the, 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 because the athletic commission got into trouble, right? 
But I think they all start then. They have to script everything. But I don't think you, you maybe do it the time to do that, but leave the rest of going to the ring and let them get the crowd going. Now, you know, you mentioned WrestleMania. WrestleMania 1, you were on standby. Who were you supposedly going to be wrestling? Like, what, what was going to be the match you were going to be involved in? I had no idea. It was just to be there. You know, because the, the car was done, eh? Maybe somebody heard or somebody think that, you know, there was a... It was a... Uh, I, I do remember, because it was a little problem with H.D. Jones, because I asked him to do the quickest finish in the world, you know. Kikon Bunny was supposed to pin him in three seconds or four seconds, and he didn't want to really do it. And then they was thinking, if you don't want to do it, we'll put somebody else, you know. But mm. I was there just in case... Uh, something happened, you know. Just to... But uh, they didn't tell me you wrestled this guy or anything. But uh, they didn't. I was just. Uh, and, I didn't, uh, yeah. <laughs> and you know that makes sense too about the SD Jones match because if you remember, it was supposed to be about nine seconds that they say the finishes. But if you time out the match, it's almost a minute because it looks like SD wanted to make sure that he didn't just get beat in like three or three to four to five seconds or whatever it was supposed to be. <laughs> Maybe I, I, I say something I should never say there. <laughs> Not too many people knew that about that. You know? I, do, I know, I know, it was a, a big problem after. I know that, you know, because you know, I was glad. I even told Logan one time. You know, he came up. I don't know if you remember. I came with a cape like a Rocky. Yeah. You know, a yellow cape. And then I said to Logan, I said, "Hey, Logan, maybe we come and have a match on TV, and you just go and tie you, tie, boom, punch me and cover me in three seconds." You know. But that against Vince, they want to go for it, you know. But the, the, you know, the, because it was a, you know, with the Rocky, you know, the movie and everything. But I came with the reason I put that thing was the idea, you know. But what better than Hogan to go there and knock me in three seconds, you know? Be a, I said, I'd be, you'd be the faster guy I'd be beat, you know. <laughs> somehow, <laughs> somehow they do the wrestling with uh, King Kong Bundy over there, you know. Yeah. No, exactly. Now let's uh, we let's kind of touch on the Hulkster for a second because obviously. He was the man at that point, and we just talked about The Rock maybe being the biggest movie star that came out of the wrestling world. But I think, would you say that the Hulkster would be the top draw in the history of the business? Because you were there at the birth and then pretty much the height of Hulkamania. Well, I will say this. To me, icon of wrestling is Hogan. Mr. Flair, a great wrestler. But icon look is Hogan, not, not Flair. I mean, I think Flair is a fantastic wrestler. I'm not... Don't take that away, huh? but I'm saying when you're talking over the world, you know, when I go anywhere here in Europe, we talk about uh, the first thing you say, oh, the big blonde guy, you know, then he's the icon. Well, uh, to me, yes, uh, Hogan is the icon of wrestling. And uh, 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 repeat me the question, I'm sorry, I just lost the, the what you asked me really. I said, would Hogan be considered to be the biggest guy in the history of the business, especially since you were there yeah. at the beginning with the birth of Hulkamania, yeah. Yeah. and then I think really the most popular point wrestling's ever seen, 84, 85. But, you know, one, one uh, you mentioned that uh, in some Facebook, there a guy put a poster from that day, beat the Sheik. I was there, and that, that night, I will tell you what, the, the building looked like it explodes. Madison's Garden, and I never saw him because sometimes I used to go on the top, you know, the garden to see the, the matches. You know, it was, when he pinned that guy, I was thinking that the, the roof would fly out. The people went really nuts. That's what I say. But to me, yes, uh, Ogan, Ogan, he started all that, you know, but we're going to say 
Hogan started all that, but the Vince started all that. Eh? Don't forget that. That's, we give Hogan the Vince put him there, and and Hogan carried that thing. You know, uh, I gotta say he's the yeah. Hogan is the greatest. Yeah, that's the great debate, Vince. You know, did Vince create it and Hogan take the ball with it, or was it like a co? You know, co-production of the two guys, the big force and the and the big brain. But one one other thing that you were definitely there for, and we just interviewed him a few weeks back. I'd love to get your take on it. Is uh, Doctor D. David Schultz slapping John Stossel, and obviously that expose that ABC had done at the time was huge. I was there. Yeah, you were there. Can, can you give us uh, uh, your take uh, from being backstage when all that happened with Doctor D? Yeah, he hit him in the ear. You know, and firmly what happened when he hit him? If he hit like a a little bit lower, you know, hit the the the, the drum, you know, he he hit him right in the boom, and he, he popped his ear up, you know, and then that's what happened there. But uh, but Vin did tell him to hit him, tell him to rough him up, you know, because it surely was like that, you know. And then uh, I think uh, uh, then I, you knew the the rest, eh, what happened, and uh, suing, blah, blah blah blah, you know. But uh, but uh, Schultz was kind of. Moody person, you know. Right. I didn't. I didn't have a problem with him myself, you know, a couple of times, you know. But he just, uh, he, he was like, if you, if you didn't say nothing, he keep going, and if you turn around, they leave the, leave me alone, you know. And then, well, 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 and I, but, uh, but what he did there, I don't think he was right, though. So. You know, the only time you touch a, a person, a, a wrestler, to me, if you go inside the ring and ball you, it happened to me a couple of times in my life. But if they are outside the ring, exclude, call your name or or do anything. London will touch you. You cannot touch a wrestler. You always lose it. But if you go inside the ring, he's in your turf. You know. Then then I do have a few times in my life if people came in the ring try to beat me up. Well, I get I get lucky. I get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Schultz is an, he's an interesting character, and he just wrote a book, and that's why we just spoke with him uh, about I'd say about a month ago. And, you know, he's, he's finally getting a chance to tell some of the stories because he was pretty much blackballed uh, throughout the industry after all that stuff had gone down. But you said you had some problems with him. Was he just, like you said, was he just too moody for, uh, for a backstage environment and, and sometimes the tempers kind of flare, or did that take place in the ring? Well, I think it was because, you know, they promised sometimes things that then didn't happen. You know, and then some wrestler that get the attitude, you know. Oh, I should have, why should this, I should that. Well, well. And I think when they come, they want to push him, but they see he was kind of, he didn't push what I think, he didn't push what he wanted to be, I think. That was his problem, kind of. You know, I think. But he, he uh, and sometimes you get there, he was so nice person. You know, like I say, he was a moody person. Uh, he was uh, someday, uh, how are you doing? And someday, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I say one thing in my life, but when I go to work, I forget my problem home, you know, or you for it's no you 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 guy you work every day with the the, the, the carrier you your bad mood, you know. So to me it was a strange person, yeah. Those days I didn't speak English like today, I didn't understand like today, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he's definitely we we said to him, I mean, he was kind of ahead of his time with how it would go in terms of, you know, the Austin and the redneck and, you know, and, and kind of being a tough guy. But we got to bring this up here because I don't know how many people really know this, but ECW went on to be a huge promotion in the Philadelphia area at the end of the 1990s. And I don't think too many people know that in the first world title match for ECW, 
The main event was Jimmy Snuka and Salvatore Belomo. So ECW ended up blowing up, but hey, they needed Salvatore Belomo to set the table there in the early days. What are your memories of that that early run of ECW? Well, I will say this. It's funny you brought up that part of it because of a part that is something I say, wow, wow, wow. You know, what happened was Todd Gordon arrived, and a jewelry guy went to do some promotion. Then a, a guy, a instructor, called me up, called me up. He said, "There's a guy in Philadelphia. I want to do a few things, you know." And then I went down there and then discussed everything. Then, good part of the moment there was Eddie Gilbert, the Booker. You know, I did, me and Eddie we were pretty close, you know. And he bring me up. Uh, he said, "We want you to be healed and everything." It was fantastic. Then they say, "Okay, we do a, a battle royal." And after that, you do a match with Jimmy Snooker. They say they have a battle royal with Jimmy Snooker before, but I never remember that. Then when they put uh, on the magazine, if you remember, they say uh, Jimmy Snooker defeats Salvatore Belomo. You know? Then I said, well, I was the first champion then because I win the battle royal. I was champion for two hours, but I was the first <laughs> champion. And Bobby Inning and Bobby, uh, I mean, no, Bobby... Uh, Paul generally didn't like that, you know. And then they changed all the uh, matter of fact, if you look on the on the, the in internet that they took that off. But in the beginning they make Jimmy Snooker defeat Salvatore Belomo. And then I, I said, well then I and but then but to me, I start all there, but they went too far at one moment, you know. When they start to get uh, uh, the, the Sandman I have to hit with that stick and and then and, uh, I was a wild person, you know, I fight, uh, if you remember when I came in the entrance, uh, the old entrance, I come with a garbage can and I hit everybody with, you know, but this is how far we go. And that was, I've got to say, that was Eddie Gilbert gave the idea. He says, Sal, this is a garbage can. You go there, he said, and beat everybody up with. I said, well, yeah, yeah, you should go there. We'll, we'll try something. But we went to the extreme, but not that extreme they did. It, to me, it was too much a little bit in the end, you know. It was kind of, then, I gotta say, they hit me with a chair. I lost my hearing, you know. I went home with a commotion, you know. And after that, Polly took over, and uh, I was not in his card, you know. And that's what happened there. It, I was gonna say, it yeah. was a great place for guys who were on TV to have a, a, a kind of steady independent every month to go to. And it was you, and it was Jimmy Snuka, and you saw a lot of, uh, like, Morocco was down there at one point, Tito was down there. I mean, you saw a lot of people yeah. that came through that yeah. were named see, guys. If you if if you remember, I mean, if you see the beginning, in the beginning, Todd Gordon want to go uh, a different town all the time, you know. And I said to him, I said, listen, because I, I'll claim that because I know what I did and I know what I say because I'll never lie in my life anyway. I said to Todd Gordon, I said, why you try to go a different town when you got Philadelphia? WWE don't come here no more. Oh, he said, well, I said, try to find a place. And then we find that place. You know, the name is ECW Arena, right? They call it. But that was a place where the the mummers, you know, the, the people from the parade mummers making their outfits, you know. And then, then they grew up, grew up, and, and we stayed there, you know. But then I said, Polly arrived. And then Eddie Gilbert apparently have the problem, you know. And, uh, and then they put me on the side. But that ECW acclaim, I started, but they never wanted to give me the credit of it. <laughs> but then they went really extreme, and I didn't like that much, you know. I'm not there to really. Uh, uh, but they have a success. They did good, eh? but uh, without me, actually, you know. But in the beginning, I was there, yeah. I was. Uh, and I, I can say now, I hope the radio listened that I was the first ECW champion. I don't care what anybody tells me. 
<laughs> that's right. And that's going to be the takeaway from this interview is that we're rightfully declaring right now that go back and check the history books. Salvatore Belomo is the original first ECW champion. So write it down there, people. You heard it here first today. Only, only if you are, but I was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and now one thing I got to ask you about this uh, before we kind of start getting towards the, the latter half of the show here. We talk. We have another podcast that we do with Shane Douglas, and one of the shows that we just talked about with Shane was an ECW show that was one of Kerry Von Erich's last televised matches. Well, not even televised, just recorded matches, and it was with you. And the yeah. thing was is that he was supposed to be under a mask, and he may not have been in his right frame of mind and kind of blew the surprise and wore his jacket out, and it was kind of a cluster, but he, he faced you in that match. Do you remember this match at all and Kerry Von Erich on that show? Oh, yeah, definitely. That was because they called me up and say, okay, I will put you with him. The guy, he was gone. I was not there at all. We discussed the match, and nothing happened in the ring the way we discussed. He was not there at all. It was something wrong, i got to say that day. Though, you know. But the match went okay, and the woman was the manager at the time, so I remember. You know? But, uh, yeah, it's a moment of my life because, again, uh, when Eric, you know, a wrestler, I didn't have the chance to wrestle him in the WWE, but then I am an independent to have him, you know. But, uh, uh, yeah, it was a, a night, though. But the, I knew that something wrong with that guy. You, you looking at him at the moment, uh, talking about him. Because I think he, the, he wrestled the Saturday with me, and the Monday he went to kill himself, I think, you know. What happened? It was. I don't know if it was right after that. It was very close because I think he has one other match. Or something after. Yeah, it was something within the next couple of days. It wasn't. I don't think it was right after that because I think there's one more match that he had that wasn't recorded at all. But this one was recorded, and I mean, we we talked about it on our other podcast that if you can go back and find the footage, it's actually on YouTube. Kerry Von Erich's supposed to come in in a mask and be a mystery wrestler, but he comes out wearing the full Kerry Von Erich vest. He's got the tassels on his boots. He's Kerry Von Erich, but he's not really kind of playing into it. So now, as somebody in a ring and as a, a fellow performer, how do you cover for somebody that's clearly like not in their right frame of mind as they're stepping through the ropes? Well, uh, in that moment, I was hoping they don't get hurt, first of all, you know, because, uh, but uh, he, like I say, he was not there. Now, he's supposed to have a mask. He didn't want to put it. He put it, and then he would get his outfit, you know. And, 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 but then, you know, the story, what it was. And when I arrived there, they asked me to wrestle him. I didn't know what, why you have to put a mask or anything. I didn't know nothing. Just to, but uh, uh, what I say in the moment, I would say, I hope I'm not going to get hurt because you never know. Huh? Uh, he, he, something was wrong that day. I yeah, put it this way already. Something in the poor guy. Yeah. I think he was just get fired from WWE or something, no? Yeah, he was on his way out. Well, he had been out for about, I'd say, six months uh, from leaving, or maybe even almost a year after leaving WWE. Well, that's, like I say, my life, I got some moments, you know, it's part, like, for example, when, uh, there's another story with Hogan. I arrived in Los Angeles, when I arrived in Los Angeles, Hogan and and, 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 and Stallone, the, 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 re the rehearsal for the movie, you know. I did got think in my life, I, I, like with Don Von Eric, to brought up that now, it's just moments. Those moments stay on my mind. So, a lot of, you know, a lot of moments in my life, they are special, you know. Like I said, Bobby Inning, Madison Square Garden, uh, Paul Ondorf, you know, just all those people. But that, that, yeah, when Eric that was shamed what happened. He was young, huh? Very young. Yep, he was only about uh, 33 years old, so he's super, super young. And as yeah. we 
start to wind it down here. You mentioned, you know, you had such, such a great career and you had so many fond memories. But I'm just curious, what was the favorite place that you worked? Because you mentioned Korea, Germany, England, France, you know, all over Europe, the United States, Canada, obviously, 39 states in the United States. So where was your favorite place to work? Uh, you make me a question. I'm going to make some fans against me. <laughs> I'll say all <laughs> over the world, of the world. But uh, I would say it's very hard to, to say because everywhere I went, I was happy. You understand? Even Hawaii, you not making money. I was happy to be there. Uh, favorite place? Well, when I arrived in Germany, then what I say, 1970. You know, my life started like this. I, I left for seven days and I came back 33 years later in my country. You know, because I, I am in a young man working in a factory, you know, in a steel factory, you know, and they give me a contract to go and sign up and you have a contract for life. Then I got seven days off and I go see a friend. I say, listen, I got seven days off. You think you can book me in Germany? Oh, he said, yes, he got two tournaments together, you know, Hanover and Bielefeld is the name of the town, you know. He said, well, they need some guy for 10 days. You interested? That's okay. I'll go for seven days. And I go there, and on a trip to go there, it's about a four-hour trip, they discuss the, well, the, the price. He uh, said, well, probably going to give you 50 Deutsche Mark. You know, those days was like $25, you know, per day. The other guy got $60. And then I arrived, oh, maybe they give you 50, you know. He said, we see you 30. And I go there, you know, but they pay you every night because in Germany it was tournament, you know. That's what is hard to say. To me, the favorite place is the garden, huh? if you ask me the other question, or answer your question. But... But this is a new for me, you know. We do in Germany, and in Germany, you wrestle every night in the same place for 10. It's, we did one time 60 days in the same arena every night. It's a tent, that's for me, you know. And uh, I arrived there, I wrestled the first night, promoter looked at me, well, and they pay you every night. Promoter give me 100. I said, shit, wow. I said, maybe make a mistake. No, you guys say you pay two days ahead. But anyway, long story short, promoter the next day come and pay me again 100. But the other guy that are for three years, they get less than me, you know? And he go, no, he said, I need you. Next year, I got seven months work. Well, I said, wow. But I, I just signed a contract to go to the factory and get a contract. You know, I said, what am I going to do? And my family, I call my family, my mom, my mom, dad. I say, hey, listen, this guy. Mom say, listen, get the job. And if you need a job, we come back to look for another job. And that's what happened. Then in 1973, going to Germany, I mean, in, in, in January, I go to England. I go to Royal Albert Hall. In September, I go to Germany, and they all start then. After that, I went to be a wrestler, and I was going to Germany all the time. But Germany was a good thing because, you know, travel like in the state, you know. In Germany, you do seven days here. Then I have seven months work in Germany uh, doing tournaments, you know. Then the Canadian came, and then Canadian... Bring me to Canada, and I went to Calgary in 77, you know. Uh, but to me, my favorite place, I'll say, I know, I will never say that. That is for sure. The garden, that was the, the best thing. But the favorite place in Germany, because you are the same place every night, you know, you don't travel that much. Uh, but everywhere I went, I like it. Uh, Vancouver was a good time, too, you know. All Portland was fantastic people, too. Portland, the people were fantastic, i got to say that. Yeah, especially when you're a foreigner, they, they take care of you very good. 
Oh yeah. And I don't know if I answer your question, you know, but it's very hard for me to say that place. Yeah, the garden was the best ever place, you know, but if you win because it's a dream. But it's a lot of places are still memory, you know. Now thinking back of, of all the matches you had, which is so many, and there were so many guys that I mentioned before that were definitely some great opponents and some great matches. I mean the, uh, the Ronnie Pipers of the world, Sergeant Slaughter, who we didn't mention, uh, Bret Hart, who we didn't mention. There's so many different guys. And then CWA over there in Europe, you wrestled Owen Hart and Fit Finley and Otto Vance and Kensuke Sasaki, Steve Regal, your buddy Dave Taylor. Do you have a favorite match or maybe some favorite matches in your career? Up there, I will, there I will directly tell you the best wrestler there of all of you mentioned is Dave Taylor. Hmm. That's the man, I've got to say, the man... Uh, for all the names they mentioned to me, uh, the other guy they're good too. Uh, but to me, uh, Dave is the uh, Dave. He have his own problem. Otherwise, they maybe didn't get that high. Uh, I mean, that uh, up on the uh, on the wrestling. But he's a wrestler. He's a fantastic wrestler. He's a he's a heel. Fantastic. He's a babyface. Fantastic. I gotta say that Dave is a to me. A, yeah, I would say Dave. Yeah, that's a perfect. perfect. If, anytime I was going to the ring with him, it was always enjoy. When uh, I went out with him, he, he, we didn't even talk. You know, we used to go to the ring, get a fantastic match without just just go by his instinct with him. You know, you don't have to say we do this or that. You just go and boom, 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 and and, and always have a good match. Even with a poor crowd or something, you always have a good match. I gotta say, David was the good one. Yeah, I think a lot of fans in the states are definitely very familiar with Dave Taylor. You know, first time in the WWF, and obviously it's huge uh, chunk of the time in WCW. But what about somebody kind of underrated or under the radar that you worked or wrestled over the many years that sticks out? I know your former tag partner of yours, Iron Mark Sharp, obviously was was pretty cool to work with. But is there a guy, you know, thinking back, like, man, he was underrated. He should have got a, like a bigger push or somebody that kind of went under the radar throughout your career? You mean, you, you asked me if somebody there should be better than what they did with him, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Well, well, Snooker, he's because he's, you know, really, what all was set up for Hogan, it was set up for Snooker, right? It's because yes. Snooker's cool. You know, you know the story about that. But, yes. uh, uh, but uh, uh, I say, well, I think we all, uh, Vince Senior or everybody was in the right place, I think. You know, some people, they think you were better than. Uh, uh, I cannot say anybody would be better than they're supposed to push him. It was hard, you know. Like today, like I explained what I said before, there's so many guys, you know, which one is the best finally, you know. You know, they was kind of, well, I would say nobody. I would say, I would say everybody were the place they were supposed to be, you know. I don't see anybody. No, my, you know, they all came, like for example, see, it was different too, huh? Valentine came for six months, then he leave. You know, Bob, Bob, Bob Bobby Orton, he came to stay, then he leave, then he came back. You know, and then because don't forget, he started to keep those guys long time, like after in the eighties. Eh? Before that, he was Bruno O'Backland, and he bring the heel six months, oh, they bring another one, right? But then they change all that kind of system. You know. Now, Sal, did you get did you get to work for Vince Senior when you first got to the WWF? Yeah, he's the one. The one. Uh, 
the one contact me. He sent me the telegram. So Vince Senior sent you the telegram. Okay. Now this is a this is actually John usually asks this question, but I'm going to steal his thunder right here. What's the difference between working for Vince Senior versus working for Vince Junior? Well, I would say uh, their their approach was different, you know, because Vince came more uh, senior. Was you know he, he, he for example. When you get out of TV every three weeks, right? You have a big book with all the town, right? And you open your big book and you look for your name, what town you were, you know, and then you write the date and the place where you're supposed to be. And then when Vince took over, he started to send you uh, a sheet with all the dates, you know, you said, them. They said, okay, then, then it was, it was thought to be modern, you know, but the attitude was, I think, both the same. And the, at the time, Vince, Junior was like his father. We're following a little bit his father's steps, you know. His father was still there, but he told. But his father told me one day, he said, "My son is, is fighting all the friends I make from all my life." He go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think he did a good job, though. If you look back at it, I think he, uh, I think he did make the right decision by going uh, not only national but uh, international, worldwide. Well, like I say, when he started, he didn't want to, you know, his father gave him a, a golden plate and he making a diamond plate now, you know, he, 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 he knew what he wanted, he knew what to do and he, you know, they wanted to get, when, when Snooker started to screw up, they went and take Hogan when they were supposed to be back in WWE, if you knew that. Right, yes, no, we've heard that before, but I don't know if we should dig into yeah. that, that's a whole, uh, that's a whole can of worms that we don't want to open today, right? <laughs> No, no, no. But, but, but you know, say, but they, they need the and junior. Junior knew Hogan was the icon he need for do what he want to do. Eh? Right. And, and, and it worked. You know. And I think, all personally, if they put snooker at that time, I don't think it would be the same thing. So, I think Hogan really did. See, Hogan bring everybody, black, uh, white, Italian, Irish. Everybody came for watch Hogan. You know what I'm saying? Bruno was Bruno. You know, Italian supposedly and everything. You know. But Hogan was like, he blew, he blew the mind to everybody to get there, you know. Yeah, you got to love the Hulkster. Now, Sal, as we get to wrap it up here, one question we like to ask with, this is like our uh, Barbara Walters moment when we end the show. When you look back at your career, and obviously you're training uh, the, the young guys in Belgium to kind of learn what it's like to be a professional wrestler, but when you look back at your career and all the great places you've been and all the great workers that you worked with, what do you want people to remember about Salvatore Bolomo as a wrestler? You know, would it be that you were able to work with anybody and be that chameleon and adapt to any style, or that you had longevity and you were able to work for so many great territories and so many great promoters? Well, you know what? I will be that I don't know what will be remembered, what the people would think about it. But to me, uh, I try to be kind and and with everybody, and I say each time. A guy, a guy, uh, uh, I pin him, I say thanks each time before I get up. You know, like the people who are raised, you know, you pin me, say thanks, Al, you know. Uh, I, I, I would be remember, the people will tell me what, be, uh, no, tell me, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what, because my wife many times says, yeah, I taught too many people live, you know, uh, without known, you know. I, I, this Facebook stuff here uh, is amazing now. I can of people, they send me message. Hey, I remember you such a date. I remember that. Wow, it's, it's a pleasure. You know, I, I like Facebook just for that because I, I have people I've been here for 30 years. Or, and uh, well, I would be, like to be remembered to be a nice person. I hope I was. You know, I probably I don't know what else. You know, you know some people 
<laughs> but I say many many restaurants wrestle. They, they, uh, probably some people don't like me. Huh? I don't know. But uh, if they want to be remembered, be remember. I did my job. I hope they remember I did my job. What I have to do, you know. Like I say, some people didn't understand what I understand. To me, it was the go in the ring, have a good time in the ring, and the rest came after. Then we make the money, we make the glory. But the main thing was love the wrestling. And every one I wrestle, I will say a couple of them, and I won't mention the name. I didn't like to wrestle that, but I have to sometimes. Because some wrestlers, they were very, very horrible. You know, I don't mention it all. I want to mention all <laughs> Some wrestler, you go in the ring. You know, sometimes you... Some, like I said, Dave Taylor, each time I wrestled Dave, I knew I wrestled Dave, was a... But sometimes some wrestler. But, but uh, I will be remembered. I hope that they know I did my job. You know, that's all. That's a great way to be remembered because you did a lot of great appearances and it can still be found today on the WWE Network. But Sal, another thing too I want to get out here before we wrap up is, can you, do you have any links or any Facebook links you could share with the fans, some places where people can check out what you're doing with your, your trainees there in Belgium? Do you have any place that you want to send the fans so they can kind of re- reach out and touch uh, Salvatore Belomo? But you know what? I have a page. It's Salvatore Belomo up on SalvatoreBelomo.com. You know, that's my way page to tell about my story a little bit. And then I have a BCWF. That's my little federation in Belgium. Matter of fact, I'm doing a show in uh, a couple of months, one month from now. And uh, I'm involved with those guys. Like I say, uh, right now I'm battling for my cancer. And thanks all that that make me think about something else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And we're gr- glad to hear that you're on the mend and everything's going well. And we appreciate you reaching out and touching us here from all the way on the other side of the world. And this has been a lot of fun. And hopefully the fans can uh, check out BCWF and everything you got going on. And we can't thank you enough for joining us. So we appreciate the time, Sal. And uh, maybe we'll catch you down the road. Uh, before I hang up, I want to tell you this. Normally, I'm supposed to come in April this year. But because of the treatment, I cannot do it. But I'm planning to bring a couple of wrestlers in September, no, November, October. Then I'm going to Pennsylvania. Then maybe I'll reach you guys and maybe we can do something, you know, if I'll come that way. If you look at my way page and everything, we already did like three trips. See, what I do here at my club, right? My club is an unprofit for the organization, you know. Then the money I make with the wrestling, I put them and pay for the hotels, transportation, and food when they come to America. Then last time we came like for two weeks and uh, we have a couple of shows with uh, Samu, you know, and... Uh, in uh, Allentown, and I'm planning to do one more trip because I need to go and see all my American friends, you know. Then we keep in touch and let you know about that. Eh? It'd be nice to maybe uh, because you're in Jersey, right? Also, yeah, yes. yeah, and we do a lot of shows out that way too. In Phil, in Philadelphia, we do them in Jersey. So absolutely, you know what? And and see some fan, and maybe you can mention that they have pictures of me or some because I'm trying to regroup a bunch of pictures. You know the. The, the, the era, you know, the, the, whatever it was, I was. There's another way to do that. Maybe some people can put the pictures on my page or something. Because I got a Facebook page. That's Salvatore Belomo. Absolutely. Yeah, we will spread the word. We appreciate that. We definitely will do that for you. Okay, young man. I thank you very much. A couple of, I hope to see you one day. Huh? Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.